Chapter Eight of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Eight: The Supper Party. Barnes had evidently dressed for the occasion. His clothes were carefully pressed, and his detachable cuffs were pulled to the right position over his hands he wore a ring on each hand and an imitation pearl in his tie-pin a coloured silk handkerchief protruded from the breast-pocket of his jacket and he had taken great care that what he considered a sufficient quantity of it should appear his black hair had been abundantly greased and was brushed back from his forehead in the most approved fashion the colonel gave him a rapid glance, and then moved towards him. At any rate, the man was under his roof as his guest, and he could do no other than be courteous. "'This is Jim,' said Peggy, a little defiantly. "'Jim?' queried the colonel. "'Yes, Jim Barnes.' It would seem that Peggy had received instructions as to the manner of introduction.' "'Mr. Barnes. How do you do, Mr. Barnes?' "'Proud to meet you, Colonel. I hope you are well, sir.' "'Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Of course I've heard a good deal about you, sir, as doubtless you've heard a good deal about me.' "'I'm afraid you have the advantage of me there, Mr. Barnes,' replied the Colonel. "'But supper is ready. Shall we go into the dining-room?' now this is just what i like remarked barnes when they had taken their seats just a homely sort of meal personally i don't believe in dressing for dinner on a sunday night i'm old-fashioned i am dinner in the middle of the day on sunday i say and cold beef and pickles for supper no dress clothes and no servants bothering around there was dead silence at this for the moment Peggy was too nervous to talk, and it might seem that Barnes did not appeal much to the others, but he was not to be suppressed by silence, and he determined to be much in evidence. "'How are you getting on, old thing?' he continued, turning to John. "'Is the motor trade going hot?' "'Were you speaking to me, Mr. Barnes?' asked John innocently of course i was you are the motor expert aren't you i suppose i shall see you sporting a rolls-royce soon no mr barnes i don't know whether you are aware of it but the rolls-royce is a very expensive car and i am very poor oh but that's no obstacle hosts of people get cars on the hire system it's the same with furniture i dare say you've seen ads about it isn't that so ravenscroft i really never noticed replied ravenscroft i was never well enough off to afford motor-cars come off the roof old bean laughed barnes and don't think you can kid yours truly ravenscroft did not reply to tell the truth he was surprised to see a man of the barnes order sitting at the colonel's table although he took no apparent notice 
he looked towards eleanor but she was busy talking with her friend tamsin corey and did not seem to be listening to what barnes was saying as for that gentleman although he continued to talk freely he could not help feeling that he was not making a good impression to his surprise his sallies did not meet with the approval he expected and he could not quite understand the look on the colonel's face still he felt quite sure of himself he reflected that he was not only the best dressed but the best-looking man in the room and he had a sense of exhilaration that he was sitting at colonel trelawney's table with that gentleman's consent i suppose you find things a lot changed in england colonel he went on presently changed how well i say for the better although it's a debatable question but there it is a man is valued for what he's worth in these days the spirit of democracy is abroad why one of the biggest guns in the army was once a golf caddy there are some who object to the idea but all honour to him i say still i don't understand you no well i suppose that in the old days a man couldn't be an officer unless he was a bit of a swell but the war has knocked all that to smithereens not but what we've gone a bit too far i say that tommy atkins would rather serve under a gentleman than under one of his own class therefore although i am liberal in my opinions i say we ought to stick to the old spirit which made the saying an officer and a gentleman the first ought to always mean the last don't you think so colonel certainly replied the colonel but what constitutes a gentleman mr barnes that's a bit of a poser colonel you've got me below the belt still although there are no airs about me i believe in old lord salisbury he used to say that a gentleman always wanted to dress for dinner there's something in it you know not but what i prefer this kind of thing on a sunday night it may not be so classy as a regular dinner but it's more homely but as a regular thing a gentleman likes to dress and that constitutes a gentleman in a way it does don't you think so of course there are other things i'm going to get a job as a waiter right away laughed davenport want you old sport laughed barnes but look here davy you know i'm right in the main chivalry to women might also be regarded as a mark of a gentleman remarked miss tamsin corey glad to hear you say that tamsin replied barnes be always polite to the ladies is my motto but isn't that a bit off your track i don't see why because you claim absolute equality between the sexes be straight now if women are the equals of men why should men treat women differently from what they treat men one thing has struck me since my return home put in the colonel in the old days a gentleman always felt it his duty to be polite to the ladies but that seems to have altered i've noticed it in the subways which are terribly crowded just now men will keep their seats and let women stand 
there may be more than one reason for that colonel remarked ravenscroft tell me what you mean rod my boy rejoined the colonel ravenscroft flushed with pleasure at hearing the colonel speak to him in such a friendly way it's just this sir he replied in the early days of the war all the conveyances got terribly crowded and then it was the exception for a man to sit while a woman was standing men practically always gave up their seats to women now i know it's different but haven't women themselves to blame how's that well for one thing what men gladly gave them as a courtesy women claimed as a right that put men's backs up but that's not all i think men respect women less than they did how why because women have become less womanly i think it's the natural instinct of every decent man to honour women as women but when they hear women swearing when they see them young girls especially smoking and drinking in public places when they hear them discussing delicate questions without a suggestion of womanly reserve when in short they see them losing their modesty men naturally refuse to pay homage to them that's all bunk remarked tamson cory of course you know the present-day young woman better than i do retorted ravenscroft but that's how it strikes me then don't you believe in the advancement of women depends what you mean by advancement i mean this women of your jane austen type was a backboneless simpering miss who was flabby bloodless without an opinion of her own her business was to get a husband and when she'd got him it was her duty to be the chattel of the man to breed children to look after the house and to be her husband's slave generally what i mean by women's advancement is that she should be the man's equal in every respect that she should be free to live her own life that she should choose whether she'll have children or not and be free to do all that a man does why should a woman be a man's slave why shouldn't she have exactly the same liberty a man has why should it be thought immodest for a woman to propose to a man and why should she be tied down to the moral code which men have set up for women while they have their fling exactly replied ravenscroft that's why men are ceasing to pay homage to women then women can do very well without men's homage as you call it for my own part i demand freedom to live my own life in my own way and every other woman of spirit demands to do the same i think your question as to the reason why men don't feel called upon to give up their seats for women as they did years ago is answered colonel laughed ravenscroft the colonel was silent during tamson cory's long speech he had been looking at eleanor and peggy noting the eager look on their faces tamson is fair on it to-night isn't she remarked barnes go to it tammy old girl i play the winner 
oh i know my views don't suit a certain class of men retorted tamson but i put it to you mr ravenscroft suppose you were born a woman how would you like your liberties restricted how would you like to have to play second fiddle to men how would you like to have to recognize one standard for men and another for women how would you like to be man's obedient slave don't you think women are equal to men i think that the almighty meant them to be superior replied ravenscroft and oh save us from any pious piffle interrupted tamson i think the almighty meant them to be superior to men repeated ravenscroft only women are giving up their superiority in order to gain equality not all i'm glad to think there are still a number who realize wherein a woman's true power lies but there's a new spirit in the age and that spirit doesn't improve women but look here cried tamson eager for battle what would you have women be you talked just now about girls smoking and drinking in public places why shouldn't they if they want men do men swear if they want to why shouldn't women would you have young girls think that babies are found under gooseberry bushes why shouldn't they know all there is to be known why shouldn't they talk about the facts of life whatever they are freely and frankly and if they feel any law or custom is wrong whether it's moral or physical why shouldn't they break them you think they should i imagine certainly i do why shouldn't they if they want are we to be tied down to such worn-out superstitions as marriage and all sorts of cramping paralyzing codes of propriety and morals then you believe in absolute liberty for women i believe in exactly the same liberty for a woman as for a man a father gives his son a latch-key why shouldn't he give one to his daughter a young fellow goes to a public dance without a chaperone why shouldn't a girl a young fellow has his fling why shouldn't his sister if he has one have the same liberty buck up old bean cried barnes as ravenscroft hesitated before replying tammy has scored on you up to now go in for the respectable side roddy and trot out your arguments an angry flush mounted ravenscroft's cheeks he resented barnes's impertinence and felt like snubbing him he glanced at the colonel and wondered what he thought of the conversation to say the least of it it seemed strange that he should allow such sentiments expressed in his house and he wondered if he ravenscroft would be within the bounds of good taste to continue the conversation he judged by the look in the colonel's eyes however that he wished him to answer tamson so while he was anything but comfortable he determined to go on it's not altogether a matter of argument mr barnes he said with a slight emphasis on the mister it's also a question of good taste for example 
I was in the smoking room of a golf club the other day, and a girl about twenty came in. She threw herself in an armchair, crossed her legs, which were freely exposed, took out a cigarette, lit it, and then ordered a liquor. The waiter was rather long in bringing it, and when he did appear, she asked him, with the aid of some swear words, what he'd been so long about. "'Well, what's wrong about that?' asked Tamson. "'You'd have thought nothing of a man doing it.' "'I don't know about that,' replied Ravenscroft. "'But I do know that it didn't give me a very high opinion of the girl.' Even though you may claim it was not wrong, it seemed to me in very bad taste. Some of the men who were there winked at each other, others lifted their eyebrows. After all, there's such a thing as womanliness. But what about unwomanly? What's wrong in a cigarette? I'm hoping to smoke a few after supper. What's wrong in a liquor? Men have it. And if a man swears at a stupid waiter... Why shouldn't a girl? At any rate, it goes to show why men are losing their honour for women, replied Ravenscroft. But surely, interrupted the colonel, you are not serious in what you have just said. Such things were not dreamt of ten years ago. That is, among nice girls. Oh, it's not at all uncommon, replied Ravenscroft. A new spirit has come into the age, and girls laugh at things which years ago would have shocked them. I suppose I have old-fashioned tastes, but think of the dances which are all the rage. Think, too, of the way girls dress or don't dress. We may laugh at old ideas, but the modern young woman doesn't help one to despise those ideas. Noah and the Ark are more in your line, Rod laughed peggy personally said the colonel i find rod's views very much to my way of thinking but surely colonel burst in tamsin cory you are not serious you are a man of the world and you can't agree with that tosh i'm mortally sure i do well i'm damned muttered tamsin under her breath it's not only that interposed mrs trelawney there seems to be a different standard of morals from what there was especially among young girls it's seen among them in every class some time ago i got a new servant after she had been with me three days she took her night out i told her i expected her home at half-past ten she didn't say anything but went out half-past ten came then half-past eleven and she did not appear i went to bed the following morning when she returned i took her to task but she refused to tell me where she had been or what she had been doing in fact she resented my inquiring into what she called her private affairs of course that's a bit strong said tamsin but we shall have to adapt our ideas that's all i'll give up housekeeping first was mrs trelawney's retort 
the fact is went on tamsin we may as well settle it first as last that the old order of things is dead there is a new spirit in the air as ravenscroft has said for my own part i think it is good think of the old ideas about marriage when a woman got married she promised to stay with one man and keep only to him till death but it's against human nature so why not away with such exploded fallacies personally if the institution of marriage is to continue at all i would have divorce made easy but there perhaps i am treading on delicate ground i think you are replied the colonel somewhat grimly all the same such things will have to be faced went on tamsin i'm pretty moderate myself but revolution is in the air the old cruel unnatural bandages are being snapped superstitious religions and otherwise are being exploded have we all finished asked the colonel if so i'll return thanks and then we'll go into the lounge two hours later the colonel saw his guest to the door it was easy to see that he was annoyed and yet curiously interested in many respects the evening had been a revelation to him and he was more perturbed than he had been since his return his eyes had become hard his features set no don't go to bed yet he said to eleanor and peggy who were preparing to leave the room why have you anything to say to us asked eleanor yes i have End of chapter eight